Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, not this rubbish with Flakey Blakey. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. It's Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And this is the third most popular Raiders podcast coming to you live from the filthiest store and buried somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? Yes, we won't. We won't, especially because neither of us are actually in that storeroom right now, are we, Blarko? No, we're coming out earlier this week and uh, we're recording on Tuesday evening. Uh, we are. So hopefully the episode will be out late Tuesday early Wednesday, much yeah. earlier than usual, but of course it's a Thursday game this week. So we had, we had to come out as early. As and there's so many things to discuss. And of course, uh, apart from being the filthiest, not being in the filthiest storeroom, um, but uh, we are sponsored by the greenhouse, very dubiously, the uh, Canberra, number, Canberra Raiders number one fan forum on the internet. Get online and get engaging with your fellow Raiders uh, brethren. I guess brethren, is that the term we're going to use? Brethren? No. Let's go with that. And also, if you're really thinking about people who love the Canberra Raiders much, you come in and buy your vinyl, buy your CDs, buy your T-shirts, buy your clothing from the good people at Landspeed Records who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you do. And I've got to tell you, after the result on Saturday night, if you're listening to this podcast, you love the Canberra Raiders. I mean, you love it. And you've come searching for answers, wouldn't you say, Black? Hmm? Well, someone asked me at... at- at a uh, at a christening, I was at on the weekend about how how the audience was and various things. I said, "So, do you think the audience is better when you're going? The Raiders are going well, or they're going badly?" And I said, "I think probably one extreme or the other. Probably, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's sort of that mid level lack of interest. But you know, I guess when when the team's doing really well, there's a lot of interest. Probably more interest than there is now. But I guess mm-hmm. also people sort of want to come together, don't they? And they want to." discuss their things because i've got to say well, there's a bit of a pylon online at the moment there's a pylon there's, there's there's some there's some justified grievances i would have said that i've been seeing on the greenhouse justified grievances no question and then there's some ones where it's on facebook and then there's on the facebook greenhouse yes that's where i am well just um, no that's that's ugly don't the, not and then there's a little bit of left field where people are putting out things that i'm thinking to myself mm, yeah i see where you're going with this but you're wrong um, and then there's the ones that are out there, which is very much like we're getting the chainsaw, we've got the two-stroke, we're burning the house down, and we're killing everyone as they run out of the building. That sort of one. Well, I've got to say, Saturday night, uh, I stayed to the end. I did stay to the end. The only reason I stayed to the end was because I was there with my son, 10-year-old son, and his friend. And uh, I suggest a couple of times that it might be time to go home. It was very cold. The game was very ugly. But they said, no, no, we're, we're staying to the end and they were looking at all the people leaving early and look, there were people pretty much streaming out from halftime onwards. Uh, mm-hmm. They looked at all the people leaving early and they said, those, they're not real fans. Oh, you and would have gone. They said, we have to and stay. If I had, had to be there for work, I would have gone too. Well, they said. It's like watching an animal in pain on the side of the road after it's been by a car. I mean, what there is. You, that, you did, no you did leave a bit earlier though than you normally leave, I've got to say, because I, one of the reasons I um, tuned into the post-match press conference was because I said to myself, I actually sent you a message and tweeted this. Did. Oh, Many ah. insulting messages, which made <laughs> me actually, were probably the precursor for me not making the press conference this week. Because um, there was a lot of pressure on me because you were asking me what Dorothy Dixer, positive Dorothy Dixer, was I going to ask this week. And I had, I, I was actually coming out, I was texting you while you are on the sideline and I had a few suggestions for you. And one of them was long lines of uh, sort of a, you know, Great to see Jared back out there, you know. And then he got pushed off for that Herbert try. And I went, okay, maybe don't, maybe don't bring him up. Maybe don't mention that. Oh, you did, you did have, you know, like let's not kick a person while they're down, especially when they're of that caliber. So you did show some, yeah, some some stuff there. But I mean, what what positive things would you say? And now I realize afterwards what I could have said was, you know, the continued great form of Ryan Sutton must be, you know, a shining beacon amongst the dark at the moment. Because, you know, and I, I think we're both agreed that uh, the $20 Blake and the Pork land speed man of the match voucher this week is split between Josh Papali'i and Ryan Sutton. 
probably his 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 first stint. I mean, we looked great for the first. And Ryan Sutton's first stint too. Thank we you. looked great for the first fifteen minutes, and Papa Lee was on fire. While they were both on. Yeah, and then it fell apart. And I've got to say, I'm just going to come out and say this. I honestly believe that was the worst Raiders performance I have witnessed in the flesh, in living memory, possibly ever. Uh, at the time, you suggested me that the loss to the Storm in 2013, mm. the 68-4, 68-4, was worse. But I actually think that um, this weekend was much worse because of the calibre of the opposition. You know, that was against a red-hot Storm side that had Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater, etc. Uh, our team, in comparison as well... Oh, hey, Fanua scored a hat-trick. I know, he, he killed it. Uh, and uh, Sisawaka was on the other. Sisawonga was on the other. He was. Yeah, he was. I think he got a hat-trick, though. No, I know I did get a hat-trick. I do remember that. But anyway, um, so based on the calibre of that Melbourne Storm side and the calibre of the Raiders side, mm. 2013, compared to the side that we fielded, you know, on Saturday night with mm. over half the team and played in grand final, you know, less than two years ago. So I think it was, it was the most disappointing loss. Also, it was against the Titans at home. And to concede three tries while uh, the Titans had their best player in the sin bin. You know, no team has ever conceded three tries to a 12-man side before in a 10-minute period. That was history-making. Yeah. Yeah. Look, one of the things that really upset me the most about that game was I saw that coming. I mentioned it last week. I said, we're in trouble here, but... I knew we were in real trouble. I looked at the team sheets and I saw the holes and I heard what you said about David Fafita as you correctly predicted, just running straight at, at Sammy Williams and into that gap and going through at will, which he did after Ryan Sutton wasn't there anymore. While Ryan Sutton was on there, he wasn't trying it, but as soon as he went off, he did what he liked. Um, and I saw it and I put money on the Titans to win by 13 plus. And as a result, I'm $225 richer um, and it feels dirty. It's sinful money. But, you know, gambling is not about, about being loyal. Gambling is about gambling and getting the call right. And I saw it, I saw it, I saw it, and I went, oh, this is ugly. And I could just see it coming, and they were at 650 at 13 plus, and I thought, blowouts left, right, centre. They just got flogged by Manly. They got a point to prove. We think they're going to be easy meat. But our side has this hole, that hole, that hole. This player coming back with no match fitness whatsoever. That one being swapped onto the other side, it just had all the hallmarks. It just had all of it. And it was horribly depressing to watch it be right. You know, I must say I staked all the $5 on that, by the way. But, um, yeah, it's it's depressing because I saw that one coming. Everyone's saying, oh, it's such a surprise where it's coming from. No, we've been leading up to this moment for quite a while. So, no, I didn't think it was the most dismal one because I think you're putting too much on the actual side. I think the side's been in a, in a pit since like oh, a bad, since the Cowboys loss, and um, trying to fight their way out of that is very difficult. And the Titans are on the up; they do have a lot of. And I hear what you're saying about the Storm being heaps better, but that 68-4, of course they were, no questions they were. But um, the Titan side isn't that bad, and they were good enough to actually say we're going to make amends for the last embarrassment, and they gave us a toweling. But it was always a risk. It was always a risk. And when we hadn't scored in those first 15 minutes, I just thought we're in trouble now. Yeah, because that's we did, we, most of our scoring. We did need to take. I was that was my concern at the time. Was we looked good, but I thought if we don't put some points on the board, mm. but you know, probably even if we had put a couple of tries on the board and been up twelve, then I still think we would have lost. So I probably didn't make that. Uh, look, it's the, it's a momentum game now. So once the side gets on top, they usually go go away with it. After that, you know, you're seeing a, a slaughter. You know, one side's you know being routed. Um, and that's what we saw too. So there, there's an element of that as well, once you don't have the ball. But there are other elements. The thing was, the defence was deplorable in some areas, absolutely deplorable. But the attack was just as deplorable. The attack was directionless. The attack was without any precision whatsoever. And the attack was pretty much without leadership. Um, what leadership there was came from Hodgson and Williams, who were trying, and Bailey Simonson tried, and Elliot Whitehead was trying. But... It really did. It, it did remind me of those days where, well, you now, now you have a go. Now you have a go. Yeah. Apart, I, from, I think, apart from the Simonson making the break uh, mm. in the second half, I, yeah, it's it's hard. No one was with him. 
it's hard to think of many positive moments. I mean, the, the, the thing that we've been saying is that, you know, our game has been based on um, bashing the opposition, yeah. whereas position. And, yeah, it's, it's a different game. And did you see Christian Welsh, who is actually one of the great minds in rugby league? He's one of the great minds, yeah. I'll tell you, he wrote a proposal to the NRL. It probably didn't suggest all the rule changes we've seen. But he had a bit of a, you know, um, ask me anything um, session on. I saw that. I didn't see what anyone asked him. Time's a bit slow sitting here in lockup. So ask me some uh, questions. Yeah. Someone asked him about the new rules and blowout scores. Um, and this is what he said. It's just a different game now, mate. There's no more tension slash pressure slash field position, which is one of, was the hallmark of our recent success. The grind has been completely eliminated uh, which I reckon sucks. So there you go. Even though he's playing for the Storm, so that's that's. Uh... But this is, and and you'll be able to read this in the Roar on Thursday when you come out, uh, if you want. The the number one thing here, if this whole thing has identified one thing more clearly than ever before, it is that Craig Bellamy is the best coach in the NRL. That Melbourne Storm are the most professionally run club in the NRL because. They adapt to whatever situation. You know, you've always heard these things. Whatever situation is, they've drilled for it and people know what their position is in it. And they've yeah, completely look, adapted. Look, they, they, the, they, one thing, it's not just the adaption, it's the fitness and the one-on-one tackling. They're the most fit side and they're the best at one-on-one tackling. And it's shown in the fact that they miss almost the least tackles. Penrith's the only other one because Penrith has the most possession. But um, they have restricted their opposition to the lowest amount of metres this season, bar none, and much better than Penrith as well. They are just, they're nailing this game of football. And you've got people like Trent Liero. I mean, who? And he's scoring tries. You know, you got Remus Smith. Would you have bought Remus Smith from the Canterbury Banks down Bulldogs? Because I wouldn't have. George Jennings. Really? They get a minimum wage. They get a minimum wage. I think they'll go to the Storm, they'll have success, and maybe they'll get a better contract elsewhere. Or, or that's the thing they're saying about Nick Meaney. Well, Franco off- Lee's got a premiership wing is all I'm saying. Yeah, and he's now he's gone to the Broncos on probably double what he was on at the Storm. The thing I would say about the Storm, uh, they're just, and Craig Bellamy, he's an evil genius. And the Storm always remind me of, of the Empire in the Star Wars movies, you know, just when you finally think you've beaten them and you've, you've, they're, they're vanquished. They come back again and they've built another Death Star. And that's the storm. A fully operational death star. Even better than the You will die. Even better than the previous one. And and the thing about the storm is it doesn't matter what the NRL does to change the rules. They find a way of exploiting those rules to their benefit, making pushing the rules as far as they possibly can. Whether it's the giving away of of you know the restarts on tackle one. Yeah when the Look, other teams bring the ball out off their own line or whatever it is. that they, they Even up the NRL, the number one thing is get rid of Craig Bellamy. You get rid of Craig Bellamy, you will even up the NRL because he's had all those assistants who've gone here and gone there and gone there and they haven't been able to replicate the success. And it's because Craig Bellamy holds a tight ship. He demands loyalty or there's blood or you're gone. And the others don't have what he's got that. He is, you know, the he is the man. And you get rid of him, you will watch the landscape of rugby league change. You will. He, he has been, he's a bit of a behemoth striding this game. Whether we like it or not, whether we like the grapples, whether we like the wrestling, whether we like all the crap that's come with it, and it has been crap. It's been all you like it all. We thought these restarts were going to get rid of the wrestle and all this negative play, and it did. But what it also highlighted was the fact that the Storm were the best at all the other bits as well. That wasn't all they did well. That was one of the other things they did well. And we were annoyed with them because they were doing that better than us as well. You know, this is the thing. There are 16 clubs and one of them's professional and the rest are a bunch of idiots. Uh, the Roosters are pretty professional. I mean, they're going through, they've had a bad luck. Yeah, but they buy the star players. So you've got the two things at the moment. You've got the Panthers and you've got the Storm. The Panthers are star-studded. They've developed their side like we'd had in 2019, like the Roosters have done in 2018. They develop a side. They get it to a point. It's very, very good, and it can adapt. It is fast. It is strong. It's got skills. The Storm have been missing Munster and Pappenhausen most this season and have scored more points than they did last season. Yeah. You know, with, that's, with that's, that's, the way, that's the way that the game's changed. And I also don't really... One thing that people do say is, well, Penrith, 
and Storm have such good defense because they're keeping the other teams to low scores. I still think the way you keep other teams to low scores at the moment is uh, if you have the ball possession yourself. You know, and, and you score, score you score sixty ball, then the other team's not going to score very many. No, no, yeah. and look. If we want to change the rules, maybe make it score us kick off again like we did for the Super well, League. I, I, I actually did suggest that to a few people um, a couple of weeks ago and then it got reported more widely, not through me, but just, just generally. Uh, and then people point out that in Super League, it didn't make any difference anyway. But I thought that there was the game where... The opposition gets the ball back. Otherwise, I was watching highlights of um, the 66 um point defeat of the Roosters in 1990 and there were three of the tries where they kicked off to us and we ran through them and scored again yeah you know there was a Mark Bell one and you remember Mark Bell geez he was quick he was fast when he was in the open my brother anyway. went to that, my brother went to that game as a Roosters fan oh my goodness gracious me <laughs> Byron was a Roosters fan he was that, born that, Paddington. that is disgraceful that is dreadful there you go. anyway thank um, his allegiances after that game the, the Titans, yeah, I would have too. The Titans' loss was appalling. Um, not in the least that we've lost Elliot Whitehead and we've lost um, Bailey Simonson. Um, it's not Ask Clown of the Week section right now, but just a quick note. There's been a couple of people out there laid into Elliot Whitehead as part of the problem. It's like, dude, if you think Elliot Whitehead is in any way part of our problem, you're part of the problem. Um, bad news for our listeners this week because uh, Danny Stewart's taken ill. Yeah, taken ill, our Danny. Uh, won't be showing up on the podcast this week, really, Blake. No, 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 he won't. No won't throat clearing. No, you know, <clears throat> of what's going on, you know, around the place. Yeah, we're going to lose that insight. Yeah, the show's poorer for it. The show's poorer for it. But good news, Scrappy Do, the shark, he's back and he's got some stuff to say. All right, what is up? <laughs> Sitting in my garage playing with my organ. Check this out. Croker to the wing. Yep, you heard it here first. No one's ever said that. Uh, yeah, me, uh, I don't know what to say about last week. I mean, it was great. It was a fun time. Me and my son went to the game. There was uh, lots of people there. I mean, there was upwards to 1,000, maybe 2,000 people there. Um, you know, the, the team played football, I guess. They got on the field. There was 13 of them for, yeah, I mean, uh, at least for the Raiders. Uh, and then the, the, the uh, what, the other team, who was it, the Gold Coast Titans, that's it. They went down to 12 men and then proceeded to score three tries. And uh, and then my son and I left early because it was a fucking embarrassment. You heard me. I'm sorry. I don't mean to swear. I know Pork's son listens to this. But uh, listen to me. I can stay for a bad team. I can sit around and watch a bad team who's trying. But that was pathetic. That was embarrassing. And you know what? After 70 minutes of it, I'm like, I'm beating the traffic. I even snuck up into the good seats for this game. And that's what I'm going to do every week. So you're not going to see me in the ends anymore. If I have to go see this team, I'm at least going to sneak into the good section. And uh, no one's going to stop me. Come get me, cops. I dare you. You cannot stop me, Raiders. All right? So all my friends and fans, I used to see me in the, you know, in the end, cheering, hooting, hollering. I won't be doing that. I'll be hiding or sneaking into the Meninga stand. Um, so, yeah, this weekend, security guards, look out for me. I will be the American who is stealing all the beers out of the lounges with his son, who is also doing the same thing. Okay, bye-bye. I hate this team. I hate my life. I'm just kidding. I still love all the Raider boys and uh, everyone that I see at the games, and I love all of you listeners right now. I love every one of you. I love you. Bye-bye. Well, I think we can all sympathise with the shark on this occasion. Um, I, I do very, I am very much amused by the shark sitting in his garage playing with his organ um, because that's pretty much what I think he does most of the time. But he's got some fairly, fairly good insights there. And, um, you know. He did leave early. He did leave he did. early. And, and yes, if you said to the wife, I'm just going heading out the garage to play with my organ, uh, <laughs> might be a bit concerned, but. My wife would just be thinking same day. The guy, the, guy looks like, the guy looks like a serial killer, so 
neither his neither like his wife nor Bruce Stadium security are, are likely to argue with him because it's just you don't know. No, he's the one when something happens, they say, yeah, he looked like he would do that sort of yes. thing too. I always thought he looked sus. Yeah. Um, by the way, you can get his album at Landspeed Records, Shoot Out the Cameras, uh, John Shark and Three. Um, actually, a pretty decent album, I've got to tell you. So yeah. while we make fun of Scrap 2, um, yeah. probably give it a listen. It's actually worthwhile. On all the streaming um, places as well. Now, I think you're all wondering about, um, and, and, you know, there's many, many people breathing a sigh of relief as we come to everyone's favourite segment, Ask Clown of the Week! <laughs> because a lot of people would have probably thought it was someone in green this week, wouldn't they, uh, Blake? There would have been a couple of candidates. There would have been a couple, but as it turned out, they've been completely rescued from Ask Clown of the Week by who, Blarko? The Dragons. And the specifically, dragon. specifically um, well, I guess the, the two sort of names that spring to mind most strongly out of the Dragons um, incident, uh, Paul Vaughan, Jack DeBellin. Oh, um, look, you've got to add Corey Norman to that, mate. I'm sorry. Being fast enough and quick enough to get out there and jump the fences, that's great. <laughs> Leaving what? Yeah. When I saw it first reported, they didn't say the names of the players. I was like, please. I, I saw your tech. It was like, I, I bet, I bet he was there. And you absolutely, you absolutely nailed it. It was like, oh, God. I feel sorry for Paul Vaughan because, as we now know, he's actually been sacked. Yes, um, and it's a decision that's cost him, like, well, how much well money he was going to get for for the rest of this year, probably 200 grand or something, and then he was on 800 grand for next season. So you know, he's, he's in the hole for a million bucks, um, and he'll probably pick up something somewhere next year, I'd say, but it won't be on that sort of money. And and based on the shots of, of his house on the news reports. I'd say the mortgage payments aren't cheap on that house either. So yeah, he's in a world of hurt right now. I actually watched before he was on NRL 360 and it was quite torturous um, watching him. I don't know what he was hoping to achieve by going on there where everything's so fresh and raw, but sort of show a bit of contrition. But yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was I'm pretty- I'm glad cool. I didn't watch that. I, I mean, I know- And then, then Ray Hadley came on afterwards and went into his sort of, you know, shock jock ranting and raving mode. And yeah, it was, it was, it was a low light. Wow. Yeah, no. Well, and again, why I don't watch NRL 360 anymore is I don't want any danger of running into Ray Hadley. Um, not that the, the others that is, is, of course, is the Bellin who, um, yeah, hiding under, under, the, under bed. the bed. That's that's really that's a classy move. He apparently told police he was initially as well. He was just he was walking his dog in the area. He wasn't actually there, but he was just happened to be walking his dog in the area. But I mean, that guy. You know, you talk about people getting multiple chances. How did he explain the dog wasn't there? Yeah, it took about people getting multiple chances. And, you know, what's he doing there? You know, he's, he's 30 years old. He's got a wife who's he's put through absolute hell. He's got a couple of kids at home, you know. The dude seriously doesn't learn, uh, learn from his mistakes. And if there's any UFC fans out there, when I heard about him hiding um, under the bed, it immediately reminded me of John Jones hiding from the USADA drug testers uh, under the octagon when they visited his gym. So, yeah, it... It had a tone of that about it. It just, it's just, look, there's no question they are the arse clans of the week. And, and I don't even want to go into who else was there. It just uh, it doesn't bear. But look, just to the point where, and this is what this season's all about, just to the point where you think your side has hit the lowest ebb and in the worst position, another club comes and says, no, hold my beer. We're worse. And um, the Dragons are actually in the eight, have managed to actually just like set fire to the, the house and chainsaw everything down. And it's just, it's just horrible. It's horrible. There's, there's, there's a spot up for the grabs for the eight now. There's a spot up. Their spot's up for grabs. Who's going to be the bolter? Who's going to be the bolter? Yeah, well, obviously Canberra Raiders. <laughs> I'm a Raiders I read a report um, today in the Canberra Times saying we still haven't given up on a hope on making the finals. I mean, no, really? I can, I can really? say absolutely not. So after we beat Manly this weekend by 1-12, to 12, then we come home and we beat the Sharks, right? We get those two. And then, uh, who knows? I mean, I'll take a 1-12 to 12 on that one, but I don't know. Then we seek revenge on Parramatta. All of a sudden, we're on a win of three games and we're in the eight by that stage. So we're a bolter. Then we're wreaking revenge on the Newcastle Knights, which they deserve. Then we go and beat St. George Illawarra at home. Then, of course, the storm has a down day. We keep them. By this stage, we're going to run a six straight wins 
before Manly come or we wreak revenge on them, beat them twice in the season for the first time since I cannot remember, probably 2003. And people are starting to talk about top Manly. People are starting to talk about top four here. And this is where people are saying, Sammy Williams, he's, he might lead us to a grand final. The Warriors, well, they're going to pay for that comeback. You can bet you. And then just to cap it off, round 25 against the Roosters to sneak into the top four spot. We take out the Roosters. And all of a sudden, people are saying, roughy, roughy, roughy. And those of us who've got their money on the Raiders now at $151 to win the premiership are laughing. Uh, you didn't even back them against the Titans at home. Where are we? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this God. is part of the smoke screen. This is part of the smoke screen, Blake. We're 13th on the ladder. But what, what I'm saying to you is I got that right. So I, I obviously know what I'm talking about. The Broncos A lot of people take my surprise by that. I wasn't. The Broncos are coming for us. We have actually only won one more game than the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Once, once we lose to Manly and the Broncos have their bye. Yeah, but look at their four and against. Heels. Look at their four and against. They're minus 242. We're minus 104. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a fair bit of floggings in that. And they're going to get another touch-up. Howdy all, Lord Funkington here. Uh, Raiders got a Thursday night game against Manly at their shithole of a ground. Raiders are paying $4 for the win. Is that really how far we've fallen? Paying $4 for a win against fucking Manly. Jeez, I hate Manly. It'll be nice when we beat them, ideally by 56. But look, I I can't even commit to the 56-point margin anymore because we've just been deplorable for the last few weeks, last 10 weeks. It's incredibly frustrating to watch. It's incredibly frustrating to listen to my clowns of friends try to rip me because the Raiders suck. But you know what? Let's turn it around. Let's all dig in. You, me, the crowd, the players, everybody. Put it into this week. And if you don't put it into this week, there'll be a very different Lord Funkington coming to you next week. Bye-bye. All right, but we're talking about the Manly this week, right? So they have no turbo and no DCE. Good, right? Problem. We have no Elliot Whitehead. We have no Jack White. And we have no Bailey Simonson. And we have no Papa. Yes, we're missing our best player. And we're also yes. missing Jack Whiten. But good news. <laughs> that good news here, that's very mean. I can't believe you would say something like that. Have you seen good that news. spine? Yeah, and no, I'm going in and looking at the spine. Right, so this is this is the, the, the Seagulls. They've got Reuben Garrick at fullback. We know he can make a fist of that. Yes. Great name to Reuben Garrick. He's, then they've he's got wing, Jason Starb, very quick. On the other wing, they got Moses Suley, who likes sleeping in his car, if, if memory serves. This but is he's his on the first wing. game, but he's been out of the side for a long time. Yeah, and we've got Brad Parker in the centres with Morgan Harper. Now, Morgan Harper's been making a big noise. This much, I'll tell you. The, the kid's been good. In the halves, they got Kieran Foran, who isn't seeing the world on fire, but isn't dreadful. Um, then Dylan Walker, gone into number seven. We'll see how that works out. You know he doesn't like the Raiders. Then they've got Paseka and Tapao in the front row with Lachlan Croker in between them. Then they've got, have you seen um, Hamoli Olakata'u? I can't say his name properly, apologies. Olakata'u. I just can't say it properly. Um, But he's good. Did you see he butchered a try last week? But my goodness, the break he made to do it was absolutely fantastic. Sorry? Big unit. Yeah, he's a big, he's a very good player. Carl Law, also in the second row. And then Sean Kepi locking the scrum. So, look, it's it's a decent pack, but it's not, you know, setting the world on fire. Then they've got Cade Cust, who's also known as Custy. Quite the nickname, that. Um, ben Draboyevic on the bench. Kurt DeLuey, um, uh, also on the bench. And Sipley making up the bench. Now, he's that, a is a, that is definitely... That's definitely a weak inside there. For us, we've got young Xavier Savage. Finally actually hey. made proper debut. Raider 377. The speedster. He's going to be the custodian. He's going to be the fullback. Then on the wings, we've got Valame and uh, the old man Rapiner, who's now easily the oldest man inside. Just on um, Seb Valame. Yeah. I mean, I know there were a lot of players that performed badly against, um, against the Titans, but gee, he had an absolute shocker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kept, on, uh, he kept on coming, flying out of the line, trying to put on a hit and kept on missing. He hit a couple of times. And one of the times he hit, I thought, was a shoulder charge. Yeah. It wasn't too far away from me. And if it had come off, it would have been good, but it did not. Just uh, The news just come through that David Feeder has been suspended for his late hit on Sammy Williams and will not play in Origin. So there you go. 
Who cares? Uh, Jared Croker in the centres with Seb Chris. Uh, Matt Tomoko doesn't get a go. What, then we've got the what, shoe what man. Think, what do you think of Croker's return? I thought he looked completely underdone. I thought he looked unfit. Um, I thought it was a lot to ask him to come back in without a run of any sort or coming off the bench and then come back into a full game of first grade. That's they targeted him and they targeted him to good effect. And and I felt bad for Toots because I knew he wanted to come in and do well. And it wasn't a position where he was in much. And it's one of the reasons I looked at it and I thought they're going to go at him. They're going to go at Sammy, who both don't have match fitness. Of course they are. And but they did. He's, look, they did. He started with a reasonable level of enthusiasm. Um, his oh, enthusiasm. Match- that one-on-one miss on Herbert was really bad. And, I mean, that's getting shrugged off like that by Herbert, who's by no means one of the biggest, yeah, yeah. more dangerous opponents you're going to come up against. I yeah, mean, Harper, Harper will be licking his lips coming up against yeah. him. Um, and same with um, Sam Williams' attempted tackle on, uh, on Fogarty. That was absolutely appalling as well. I mean, I, I can forgive him for being run over the top of by yeah. uh, feeder, but because he'll do that to most people, but that attempt to tackle on Fogarty. And the other one, the one where Toots dropped the ball in the end goal and it landed between him and Simonson, they both just watched it sort of bobble around slowly on the ground as Kevin Proctor, who I can't stand, um, came in and put down for a try. That was like, that was definitely the low point of the night for me. And, and look, no, I thought the third try while Fafita was off was the low point. Actually, yeah. no, this is the low point for me. And this is the bit. And it's, who's got a lift? Ooh. Hear that? Uh, it's, it's Jack White. It just is Jack White. Before. He's not playing. The first, but yeah, but before the first Kevin Proctor try, we were attacking. They were down a man. We were attacking. They'd scored. So we were coming back and we had a bit of stuff. He threw... Without question, one of the worst passes I've seen. It was out in front of Elliot Whitehead. It was short as well. So it wasn't just out in front of him. It was short and it was slow. Elliot, had it been a good pass, was actually straight into a gap and was a chance of scoring. Instead, he fumbled it, went through, got picked up. Three tackles later, they went down the other end. And who did Kevin Proctor shrug off easily to score? Jack Whiten. So he threw this appalling pass and then make an appalling effort at tackling you know, at the other end. And and then he gets the New South Wales number six. And it's like, he just needs to get his form and his confidence back at the moment. And I'm not sure how him going into that and possibly being exposed for the bad form he's in at the moment. Um, you know, maybe other people looking out saying, oh, it's the team, it's the rest of the team. It's like, no, no, he's he's leading the charge. He's really down. He's been terrible. But I mean... And I think all, your idea of shoving him to 13 is very good. All we can do is... Um, is hope that he has a great game for New South Wales. He comes yeah. out of it with a lot of confidence and yeah. you know, can... Yeah, yeah. I, I just want him to get back to the jack of old. That's what I want to see. And, you know, I don't know what it is at the moment, but he just, he rarely runs the ball. And when he does is when he looks good. And when he doesn't, you know, and I, anyone can just get the ball and pass it to the next guy along. There's nothing special in the passes he's doing. There's nothing really special in the kicks he's doing. To be honest with you, for the Blues, that's probably what he's going to be asked to do. He's probably just going to be asked to get the ball and and, and give it a see him get that ball and run it with venom. I mean, it's, it's what he does. He's brilliant at it. Okay, still going into the side. Matt Frawley, the shoe man in the halves with Sammy Williams. One of I've got uh, to say, I've got to say, Matt Frawley's selection in the team I find very uninspired, very disappointing. Uh, who else would you have put there? Well, I mean, I don't. I guess I guess the logic is you don't want to blood too many young players at the same time and and. Xavier's begin, but I would have gone with um, Schneider as more of an eye to the future because presumably Matt Frawley has no long-term future at the club. You know, if, if, we, if we're looking to, with an eye towards the future and our halves combinations involves either Matt Frawley or Sam Williams, either or both, mm. that's not good. And I mean, we no, all love Sam Williams. Stop, but, I think- stop, but I think this is going to be about seeing how Xavier Savage goes at the back. I mean, let's not put too much on. By the way, we just got a message through from Danny Stewart with our uh, with our anger about him not uh, showing up this week. And he said, I've been carrying you blokes <clears throat> for weeks now. Uh, the Tom Trebojevic of the Raiders review, if you like. Just thought it wouldn't hurt you blokes to get the job done without your talisman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there you go. So it's all about, it's all about Danny. He doesn't pull any punches, Danny. 
But getting back to Sam Williams as well, like we've always known that his defense, yeah, 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 and and lack of ability to run the ball, yeah, and that's why then he has to be surrounded by people. Well, he can run the ball. He can run the ball. He, he's got the great little thing where he runs the line. Sammy tried hard the whole game. It just wasn't his game, you know. Yeah, it's that's, just that's, that's I mean, this is this is the whole thing, and this is why you always stick up for Jared Croker and Sam Williams and they're good blokes and they try hard and there's plenty of good blokes in the world. And yeah, any- and then uh, there's good blokes and then there's Sammy Williams and Jared yeah. Croker, okay? Like, they, they you, are- could, you could put me out there and I promise you I would try hard. Yeah, but you're not a good bloke. <laughs> yeah, they're good hard. blokes. You're not a good bloke. Yeah, I know you try hard. I'd go out there. I probably wouldn't try hard. I'd probably wet myself and say, here's the ball, Mr. Fafita. Off you go. I'm not even going to attempt it. Um, the pack for the Raiders, Emre Gula and Dinamis Louie, who I thought had a dip uh, with Josh Hodgson in between them. Uh, Corey Hutter with a nighter and Hudson Young coming back. Hutto is coming back. So hopefully he's got a point to prove. And then Ryan Sutton, who has arguably been, along with Josh Papali'i, our best player this season. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's always an indication, I think, of how a season's gone when um, like a, a, a no-nonsense like when Sean Fenton or Alan Tung or Ryan Sutton is your player. Really whitehead for us last season. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, well, that's a bit different. But yeah, whenever what, sort of an unheralded not really different at all. is your player of the year, it's, it's not yeah. a great sign. We've got Tommy Starling, who injected a lot of enthusiasm when he came in. He's in the number 14. Ryan James back in the 19, uh, in the 15 jersey. C.S. Oliola, 16. And Joe Tarpanay in the 17. Did you see uh, there's been reports during the week on the subject of Ryan James. Mm. About the Broncos. And someone brought up the idea of a swap between him and Milford. Now, the difference is Ryan James is contracted to the Raiders next season. Anthony Milford is contracted to nobody. I'm not talking about 2022. I'm talking about fast-tracking the swap before, because I was thinking before June 30, but it's already after June 30. But no, June 30 has been scrapped. We've got till August 1 to ship out Ryan James, who... I called before anyone on this show as a dud signing, and I still maintain he's a dud signing. You know what's wrong with your theory? You spoke to Ricky and he said, you'll never have Milford back. No, because if we do a swap, they pay Ryan James's salary and we pay Anthony Milford's salary. Uh, it doesn't have to be. That's not... No, it doesn't have to be. But if perhaps they were trying to get a player from us and we were saying only if you pay the full amount, otherwise we're not giving you any assistance to take him. And we've done that. There's no way in the world they're talking Turkey with us about Milford. And why would we even be interested in that? But they would get, they would get Ryan James and we get Milford, you know, so they're they're going to, they're not going to use, they're paying Milford, whatever, how much of his million dollars he's still owed. 250, 300,000, whatever it is, was only the, the pay cycle ends in November. So it's only maybe. Look, I tell you, if we're talking about a front row forward this season going to the Broncos, it's going to be Paul Vaughan. We can't go because he's suspended for eight, eight weeks. Yeah, he can go, but he can't. Eight weeks, but then after eight weeks, he can go. I mean, eight what? weeks is the finals. Uh, isn't it 10 weeks to the finals? Oh, it's basically eight weeks. He's basically, they said with the, with the Vaughan suspension, he's basically suspended. For the rest of the season, yeah. Okay, so now we get to go to a West Tigers or a um, or a uh, Bulldogs or the Melbourne Storm or the Melbourne Storm. You'd have to take some serious unders, Roosters. Yeah, be interested to see. Someone's going to pick him up. I think he's a good player. It's not going to be the Canberra Raiders, though. I will tell you that for free. Will not be the Raiders. Now the extended bench. Who's on the extended bench? Um, for them, they got Jack Gazeski, uh, Tavita Funa, George Tafua. First time back, I've seen him, Paul Hay Tafua, for quite a while. Um, you know where he's, and, you know he's born, George got, Tafua? I do not. Canberra. Is that right? There you go. Canberra boy. Got, Bring him home. Tolotau Kula is their other player there on the bench. Um, and uh, I don't know too much about him, but uh, and neither is the NRL site because... They have him as the height of zero centimetres, weight of zero centimetres. His date of birth, the first of the first, 01, as in 0001. So, like, just after JC went under. So, they don't know what competition he's in, 
um, what his previous club or is he, they know nothing about him whatsoever. So well done, you NRL side. That, do they, um, have they do have a picture. They do have I've a picture because normally they don't have a picture, but they'll have. But it may be the young man who got uh, done for stabbing the bloke at the church dance. Uh, yeah. What the hell was his name? Uh, Moses Fainu. Fainu, yeah, that's right. He was a pretty good player. He probably couldn't have been packing a knife <laughs> at the dance. I, I don't think it's been caught yet because there's been no talk about it. All right, so on our extended bench, got Matt Tomoko, who a lot of people are calling for to be in the side. We got Trey Mooney. I think, Matt, I think Matt Tomoko not being in the side is absolutely criminal. Alongside the selection of um, the Schumann at 5'8", or who would you have? So you, so both Sam Williams and Brad Schneider are halfbacks. They're not five eights. Ah, it's the same thing, really. I mean, for all these, if Elliot Whitehead had been fit, I think we would have seen Elliot in the six jersey or the seven something. But he's not fit, so that didn't happen. So we got Trey Mooney, and well if done to him. Play Craig Frawley, I would have dropped Sam Williams. And it's not Craig Frawley, it's Matt Frawley. You know, you're living in the past. Um, Brad Schneider um, in the 20 jersey. He's been seeing a little bit of future. And young Harry Rushton gets back on the extended bench again. Look, they've got a little bit too much first-grade experience there. I'm going to have to give Manly the extended bench this week. But we do, in fact, have reasons to be cheerful, Blarko. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. Well, and the first reason is uh, Josh Papali'i continues to be uh, a, a bright spark when everything around beacon, is dark. Beacon in the darkness. He really is. Um, Ryan Sutton similarly makes me happy. And I think to myself, well, Ryan Sutton's there, you know, and, and you know, he came out, really wasn't heralded. He was the, you know, he was the steak knives with the Bateman and the Hodgson, you know, he was the steak knives with the Elliot Whitehead. It was like, oh, yeah, we'll take that guy as well, I guess. But he was, he was a project player. He yeah, well, that project just that, worked. Yeah, in the same way Harry Rushton is, is a project player. Um, yeah. Although when we signed Rushton, he actually played one game uh, last year for Wigan, whereas, um, whereas Sutton so, played... played a couple of seasons, but he wasn't an international. He wasn't in the England team, and he wasn't. No, no, he wasn't. But he was a good, hard player, and I think it was part, possibly part of the reason that George Williams came too, because they were such good mates. Um, don't know where that goes now. But the other reason to be cheerful is we're going to get to see Xavier. So that was going to be my reason to be cheerful. And look, the one thing we've said all year from round one onwards, the thing that our team has really been lacking has been speed, and this mm. guy's got speed. He's got he X does. Factor and he's got speed. <laughs> to quote Roberts, got more speed than Oxford Street. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's that sort of thinking that puts rugby league ahead of everyone else because when they say that, you know, I'm on a Channel 9 interview, I've just had a really good match and I'm going to say I've got more speed than Oxford Street. And, and that's why I like it. That's why I like rugby league because you'll still get people doing dumb things like that. Like having perhaps a barbecue where you get noise complaints called upon you and one mate jumps the fence and leaves his wallet on the barbecue. Another bloke hides under a bed. Um, and then and the, the other thing guy... they revealed on NRL 360, which I didn't know, and, and perhaps one of the reasons why um, uh, Paul Vaughan got sacked was... Um, so because the players had various stories and different lines and who was there and who wasn't there and what happened, what didn't happen, Paul Vaughan actually organised, um, much like ourselves right now, a get-together on Zoom with the St George 6 or 12 so they could all get their story straight. So that came out as well. So, yeah, they, they, they've made a lot of them. The initial mistake was was having the barbecue, inverted commas. Who is the person who, who grasped on that? I mean, that's the thing. Getting your story straight, that's, that's a completely reasonable action. Grassing on that, yeah. Who knows? Maybe did the integrity, does the, what powers does the uh, integrity unit have? Can they confiscate phones? Well, they obviously can't get tax records, can they? No. You know how all the, all the, um, the Asada and the, the um, Shanda Earl stuff and how they all got busted? And it was the guy from the, um, the guy that got, in trouble for importing Martin Kennedy, importing oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, through through the post and stuff. Um, 
was when they were going in and out of the country. I think that um, they were coming back from Thailand or something like that and customs took their phones and downloaded all the info off their phones and they found all the evidence. So maybe someone, they got hold of um, Paul Vaughan's phone and they've downloaded it and they found, <laughs> found the Zoom record, recording of the Zoom meeting. Maybe they recorded it. I mean, that, that may have happened. Just, it, just, it just beggars belief. Anyway, at least we're not the Dragons, you know. If there's a motif for the rest of our season, at least we're not the Dragons, at least we're not the Bulldogs. I mean, that's, that's, that's something. I mean, we still have to recognise we've got a long way to go. We're now playing the long game, people. We're now playing the long game. This is we're now in rebuild. Um, yeah, CNK will come back and that'll make things a lot better. Yes, a lot of these kids will have had a few more matches under their belts, which will make it a lot better. And hopefully things will calm down a bit. Um, you know, hopefully a lot of things, they'll have time to repair and get back in the game. But we're playing the long game now. We're in a rebuild where we've got to think about who we're keeping, who we're not keeping, where we're getting the next players from. Yeah, but the good signing? news I have for you. Sorry? Who are we signing? Who's well, going to play halfback? The, the pork has been on the blower to the, the coach and, and Don Fernier Jr. And uh, I've told them where we're going next and, and given them the plan about how we're going to recruit and where we're going to... It's the long game, people. We're playing the long game and how we're going to go about doing it and how we're going to use being a public service town to our advantage. And in years to come, you'll say, oh, I heard that episode of Rage Review with Blake and the pork where the pork alluded to this plan. But I thought he was just a big fat idiot who didn't know anything. Well, you're all wrong and you'll see. You'll all see. We'll fight and we'll win, won't we, Blake? Yeah, I don't know. We need a halfback, man. We do. We need a halfback. Any more news on the Gareth Widdop front? No, no more news on the Gareth Widdop front, but it was definitely not one of those ones where it's like, nah, not happening. It's definite, you know, whether or not we have the money for it, who's interested in us, that's a different matter. But... Um, well, presumably yeah, we no. have the money, but it's just at what... You know, how much money is he actually worth? What does he want? Yeah. What's he want? And and who else wants him? And I would suggest if we were keen and we had a decent amount of money, he'd be with us. You know, we'd get it. Anyway, it's all speculation really, isn't it? So we got Manly. Let's hope we beat them. Um, while we're all at it, yes, let's let's bleed. Let's, let's say the things that frustrate us online and so on. And then let's get our bloody green jersey back and go and witness the next one. Because that's what we are. You know, that's what makes a real supporter at the end of the day. It's not whether you're an idiot online or whatever. It's the fact that you turn up again. And that's it. Where, however you turn up, whether it's listening on the radio, whether it's watching a live update of the score, whether it's watching on TV, whether it's going to the ground, the fact that you show enough interest and you still bleed greed and you still have some hope that something might good might happen, that's what makes you a true supporter, because, I think. You know, every 20 years... You may make a grand final when you never thought it was possible. 25. Well, we're just going to go back into that cycle again. Because when we were at our lowest ebbs, the 2011s, the 2012s, the 2013s. Yeah. Now, we yeah. thought, was 20, did we actually made the finals in 2012? Was that the one when we beat Cronulla and played South? I think that was actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, For a second there, we did to dream. Yeah. But there was a time in that sort of 2013, 2014. I thought we were a million miles away from making grand final again. So, you know. And then by 2016, we were one match away. Yeah. One match away. A Joey Leilua and a Jared, Jared uh, Croak and Knee away from actually playing in a grand final, which I still think we could have won if we'd got there. But, you know, what do you do? What do you do? Anyway, you have been listening to Raiders of View with Blake. Before we go, before we go we've got to do listener of the week. Oh, yeah. Who have you got for me? Mike Stevenson. Oh, of course. Do you know who that is? No, absolutely no idea. It's Solzy, aka Mike. Oh, I didn't know his last name. Yes, and he's he's jumped online. He's actually jumped on um, iTunes, and he's given us a review. One star. I can't wait to read it. Uh, it's five. It's, it's, is, it, is it that? Uh, what I know is it as good as the Wollongong truck drivers? No, it's much better. Than that. He gave us five stars. Hey, gents, oh, host of Green Machine oh, Podcast. We did it last week and he's like, he sent me a message. He said, oh, why didn't you, you know, read out my review? And I said, we were, I'm saving it. I'm saving it. But listener of the week. Hey, gents, as host of the Green Machine Podcast, I would, thought I should give you guys a review. As much as I love the banter between our two podcasts, and I do, this will be a complimentary review of a great podcast. Oh, don't, don't say so, Salty. <laughs> Blake and the Fork have a great banter between each other. 
And when they go full yin and yang, uh, it's some of the most entertaining content. Both are really well thought out, don't know about that, and insightful, and also give a good laugh. Jump on board this podcast for all your Raiders insight, but remember, the Green Machine podcast is usually released a day earlier, so listen to that first. I think we're getting before them this week. Uh, no, they'll be doing. They'll be releasing. So it depends how fast you edit. If you edit fast, <laughs> you might beat them, but they'll come out on the Tuesday night as they usually do, and because that's when I usually retweet his tweet when it comes out. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, nice one, Salzy. I mean, it's very hard to say disparaging things about you when you do something nice. It's like, you know, read the room. People want banter and they want hatred. They don't want people being nice to each other. Yes. Do we want people to be nice to each other? It's like, you know, next you'll be expecting me to say something nice about Paul Osborne. Yeah, no. He, has, he hasn't been on that show much lately. I think that's really? a bit of a replacement. Yeah, Glasgow's been on there. He's much better. Anyway, we should go. Before we go, uh, we've got some merch coming soon. Oh, we do have some merch, yes. people. And, and this is the big news. Blake thinks you're going <laughs> to... Blake thinks you're actually going to pay for it, which I thought was hilarious. But prove me wrong, people. Prove me wrong. Tell us about the merch. What do we got? Uh, we've got some special beanies coming out. They'll all be revealed. So I've put a bit of a teaser on Twitter. Uh, T-Max already down for one. So, so that's that's one sold. Just another 499 to go. And then we break in. I'd say CJ Perry Perry I can put you down for two, right? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, my mum's going to buy what's left because you might want to see it's out of pocket. Anyway, look, Blake and the Bork Beanies. What could be better? It could be nothing better. And, and you know, the third most popular, you know, that is so, so indie. That is so grunge. Get on board before we're cool. Because we, we could be cool one day, couldn't we? Blake? You, you'll never be cool, Tim. No, oh. I will never be cool. Oh. I will never be called. But I, I, can, I can see you. I can see you in uh, the the Zoom screen. You're wearing a rod and gun jumper, man. That's never cool. Not just a rod and gun jumper. I'm also wearing a rod and gun. Oh, the the double double rod and gun. Okay. Well, anyway, thanks for listening, people. Uh, we'll be back next week with the uh, third most popular Camera Raiders podcast, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Blake and the Pork. Let's get the